call to prayer is, is this session, and I want to just take a, a few moments and, and set the table. We have uh, tomorrow and tonight and Wednesday have just some incredible guests with us. Pastor Rick and Rita are here, and we'll introduce them a little bit later. Coming from the North Texas District to the General Council in Springfield, now serving as our Assistant General Superintendent. And uh, I just love listening to this guy break the Word of God open and uh, speak to ministers. I've been the recipient of that many times, looking forward to what God has put in his heart for tonight and uh, so that is tonight he'll be tomorrow night as well and Wednesday morning and then tomorrow morning uh, Ann Stewart missionary Ann Stewart will be with us and if you haven't heard Ann just make sure you're not uh, you don't miss anything tomorrow it's going to be incredible so looking forward to that we'll take time during their ministry, to respond to what God has spoken to us. We'll take time to, to respond to the Word of God. There will be time for corporate prayer uh, tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. We'll take time corporately. And then there will be time for personal prayer. When we clear our calendars, when we set aside our phones, anything can happen. When we just are aware of His presence and we open up our hearts to what He wants to do. So we just ask tonight, what do you need? What do you need? Everything that you need is available to you here because he is here with us. He's gathered with us. And so we come with expectancy in our hearts, with expectation in our hearts. This is how we come. There have been so many hundreds and thousands of students that I've watched run through these doors with expectancy. Your children have come through these doors with expectancy. We've had men, uh, there were a thousand plus men, some of you were here for men's advance. And uh, just a, a great spirit of expectation as they gathered around these altars and we worshiped together. We, there were 7,300 age graded campers this summer, eight weeks. 7,300, including the teams that brought them in and stayed with them, and uh, we count those. Uh, we need them. So uh, just incredible what God is doing as they come, as, as single moms come, as PKs come, as ministers' wives come. We come to this place with expectation. Family camp filled the capacity. 17,000 sat in services in this room this summer across these grounds in those 10 days of camp. Pretty incredible. They weren't all in here at once. Okay, some of you are looking at me like, well, how did we get 17,000? I wasn't here that night. Uh, now that's a cumulative night by night, okay? Uh, when we come into his presence, it's incredible things happen. And now it's our turn. We come with expectation. We've sent our kids. We've sent our husbands. We've sent our wives sent our students, we've sent our Caiaphas, our young adults. It's our turn. And so we come with expectation, knowing that this is a place that God speaks to us. Sitting right here where you were, James, you've heard me tell this story before. Just uh, a few years ago, July 1st, 2014, when God spoke through our guest, his name was Denny Duran, and he pointed at the building across the way, which wasn't finished yet, and he said, this building will host a worldwide mission summit. God spoke 
to us. And I'm going to pause for just a moment because some of you haven't seen it yet. We're going to just take three minutes and watch a video of what happened because God spoke on July 1st, 2014. Watch the screens. Nine years ago, as we gathered together for a family camp in the worship center across the road, Pastor Denny Duran was with us from Louisiana. And he just kind of, as he was receiving the offering, he looked up over our heads and he pointed to what was the partial completion of this building. And he said, this new building will be used to host a worldwide mission summit. Missions leaders will gather. Leading missions minds will convene and strategize together here. And so here we are tonight, standing on the cusp of who knows what God has before us. We just say to God, be the glory. Thank you for being here. Just like uh, 300 people got together a little over 100 years ago and say, we will commit ourselves to the greatest evangelism the world has ever seen. Hoy estamos, no sé cuántos, casi 120 como en Jerusalén. We are <laughs> en el like 120 in the upper room right now. Brothers and sisters, our life and our ministry must be part of Missio Day to circumscribe it. God doesn't have a mission for his church. He has a church for his mission. Theology of mission uh, has always disturbed the peace of the church. I want us not to get lost in the fact that while we want to reach every nation and every nation needs to have access to the gospel, the truth is that every person needs access to the gospel. The gospel is in you, all the nations, ethnic shall be blessed, amen? That's the gospel. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Jesus said, go and make disciples to all the nations. Go, he says, but I will be with you. Away. And that stands for us today too. He is with us. New workers are being added because the work is great and there's much to be done. It might be true that some countries have been laboring all day and are tired, but God is about addition and multiplication and not replacement or subtraction. And we want to move in the power of the Holy Spirit to see the nations discipled. And I'm just simply reminding us, if we're gonna make disciples of all the nations, we gotta be dead. 100% dead. We love Jesus, we preach the gospel, we die, and we are forgotten. That's how we finish the task.
And so 150 international missions leaders and general superintendents came from 72 countries because God spoke. That same God is present with us. We come with expectation. Prayer and fasting are incredible gifts and disciplines that Jesus lived and he taught. Matthew 6, Jesus gave instructions to the, to the uh, disciples on prayer and fasting. He said, when you pray and fast. In John 4, Jesus referred to fasting this way. He said, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. Matthew 17, Jesus said, some breakthroughs come only through prayer and fasting. Setting aside the physical, focusing on the spiritual is something Jesus modeled. I love brisket. Looking forward to some of that Texas brisket tomorrow night at 4.30. But I love what happens in my life when I focus on the spiritual rather than just brisket. I love what happens as Jesus begins to, to arrange my heart. Fasting changes me. It changes my focus. Jesus fasted. Moses fasted. Paul and Barnabas fasted. All through the Old Testament, Elijah fasted. Esther, the Jews, fasted. When I fast, God helps me adjust my desires according to his will and according to his word. I have never regretted a day of fasting when I'm done. I've regretted a few in the process, in the journey. Never have I ever regretted for a second time committed in prayer and fasting. I've regretted a few meals I've eaten. One of them was here at a prayer and fasting retreat because I ate too much brisket. It wasn't a good night, but we made it through. Never regretted prayer, fasting. Come on. My prayer for these three days has been, God, would you speak to us and birth some dreams in our hearts? Birth something, download something from heaven that you have been waiting for us to lend an ear and to listen to. Particularly dreams that would help us to continue to grow our heart for the lost. Let's see what God says to us the next three days. First John chapter 5 Verses 14 and 15, we read this verse that says, this is the confidence we have, the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have petitions that we have asked of him. This is the confidence we come into this time with. 
Some have come with great needs and heaviness and burdens and struggles, and you're right up against it, and others coming just in a place of victory. But we all come with confidence and an understanding that God can meet whatever the need would be. God can pour vision into our hearts. God can do whatever it is that he desires to do if we will just open our hearts. If we will ask anything according to his will. Where do we find his will? All through the scriptures, we see his will is written out for us. We find in 1 Peter chapter 3 that God is not willing that any should perish. These are the kind of things I believe God wants to continue to download into my heart, and I've been praying God into all of our hearts as we spend these couple of three days together. When it comes to reaching the lost, we will never offend God with too big of a dream. Dream big. We're here. Nothing to lose. God birthed something in our hearts. Let's come with faith that he can do something new in us personally in the churches and the ministries that we lead, in our district and in our fellowship that we're a part of, both nationally and internationally. God wants to do some things, and we're a part of that. God wants to speak. God wants to dream in us and help us to dream. Let's allow the Great Commission to drive us. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to continue to empower us. Let's keep reminding ourselves that we are simply a missions movement. We are here for the lost. Pretty simple. Go and make disciples. That's our calling. That's what our assignment is. It's not our ministry. It's not our church. It's not our calling. It's not our agenda. It's his, and we know why he came. In Matthew, we read this scripture in Matthew chapter 14. And it just says, or Matthew 24, verse 14. This gospel will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. We're talking about his will. This is what's going to happen. This is what's coming. There is no denying it. There is, there is no question that this is where we are headed. There are some questions that we can ask ourselves over here. Is the Assemblies of God going to be part of that? Is the Minnesota district going to be relevant to what God is going to do? Is your church going to be a soul-winning church and a missionary-sending church? Are you and I going to have God's heart? Those are questions we can ask. And those are things that God wants to impart and pour into us even as we're gathered together here for these few days. Ask big. Our family, our city, our state. If we ask anything according to his will, what does he speak into your heart and my heart in these days? Line it up with scripture and go. Figure out what God wants from us. For the next few minutes as we just 
set the table in, in, a, in a time of move into our, our week of prayer, our few days of prayer. I'm going to just circle back and just share a few prayer requests that if you've been around me for any amount of time, you've heard come out of my mouth before. Just want to go there and keep these things in front of you. Last year, September, this same week, as we gathered together, we talked about some goals in three areas. We're going to talk about five areas. The, the first of those three areas for Minnesota was in regards to salvations. Salvations. No more uh, important metric to measure our ministries by than by salvations. Jesus' mission statement, so clear. I came to seek and save the lost. The metric of salvations. The mission statement of the church is the same as Christ's. Last September, we, last September, we began praying for 20,000 salvations through Minnesota churches and ministries. How we doing? How we doing? It was, there were just three months left in 22. 21 was a COVID year, so we, we know there's going to be some increase. We don't have 23 stats yet. I've, we've got a lot of fun stories that are starting to percolate. But I can say this in regards to our salvation stats. We get these things from Springfield called the ACMR returns. When you turn yours in, we get returns. And uh, we are just so grateful for them as we look at just a little bit of the trajectory of what's happening in Minnesota in regards to salvations in our churches, in our ministries that we lead. We see here salvations, our goal was 20,000 in 2020. One, 12,608 in 2022. This is three months after we gathered together last year. We had grown a bit to 14,000, almost 100. A growth of 1,481. In our churches, there was growth. Look at this. 82% of our churches reported at least one person being saved in 21. 86% in 2022. Where it, there's a trajectory. God is, is going to respond to our cry for the lost. It is his heart's desire. We've never seen 20,000 salvations in Minnesota before. Why not 2023? Why not stand here next year and celebrate and go for 25? Who knows what God can do when we come in here with expectation and we pray according to his will. We know this is his will. God, do something miraculous. Do something that we cannot legislate. We can't orchestrate. Let it be from heaven. Send something our way. This summer, there were 1,033 kids saved right around these altars. We're down under 19,000. Let's keep working at it. Let, let's keep doing what we can do. Let's pray. Let's preach. Let's raise up disciples. What dreams is the Lord wanting to impart to us regarding salvations? Is there a specific number? Some of you have been praying this last year for a specific number of salvations in your church, your ministry that you lead. Is there a group of people in the, that you could expand your target audience on praying for salvations? Is there a new outreach, a new strategy? What is it that God wants to speak to us about in regards to salvations? 
salvations. I believe he's here and he wants to speak. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears. And if he hears, we know he will respond. Lord, help us. The second area of prayer that we shared last September, I'm going to circle back to his water baptisms. Water baptisms. How many are being baptized in the churches and the ministries that you lead? Can you look back and celebrate what God has done in this past year? Last September, we began praying for 5,000 water baptisms in Minnesota. I've been hearing stories all year long been watching online all year long. The celebrations, so fun. I got a text I want to read to you just a, a week and a half ago or so from one of our, our new pastors. He was a youth pastor. Now he's in a lead pastor role. I won't, I won't uh, share his name. I was going to say, write him out. Uh, here's what he said. Hey, Mark, just wanted to share a win. Twelve baptisms yesterday at our outdoor family service. First of all, it's Minnesota, and it's into September. They're having outdoors. Yes, uh, water's getting cold. He says, one student, a junior at high school, got saved at camp this summer and followed up with baptism yesterday, and his parents, who don't go to church, came to watch and witness the gospel truth. God is moving. Bringing our total to 30 this year, this isn't a huge church, uh, with more to come. More to come. Come on. We've never seen 5,000 water baptisms in Minnesota in our churches and ministries and in one year. Why not 23? Why not just preach and see what happens? Why not proclaim and give people the challenge from God's word and see what happens? So fun to see the growth that is occurring in this area of water baptism. God wants to help us move forward. A third area, another area of prayer, Holy Spirit baptisms. Holy Spirit baptisms. How many children, students, families have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit under your leadership in the last year? We've all got to ask ourselves that question. It's not just one person who's anointed to pray for people for the Holy Spirit. We've all got to preach God's word. We've all got to believe God can work through us. The New Testament church was launched on the day of Pentecost, not before. So what are we doing to usher in and to welcome God's Holy Spirit? It is the fire of the Holy Spirit that will help the church, Minnesota, accomplish what God puts in our hearts to do. Nothing will be too big if God speaks it and he empowers us. So let's just believe God for what he wants to do in this area of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We prayed last year. We began to pray for 5,000 in Holy Spirit baptism this summer. At camp, 679 campers were baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're over 10% just in our youth camps. Come on. Let's just move forward and see what God can do in this area. When we preach, when we teach in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, little 10-year-old kids attending a Fergus Falls church about 50 miles from here where my dad was pastor, 
wander up to an altar because somebody invites them. Somebody proclaims the word. I found myself, you know what? Fergus Falls is a Lutheran town. We had a Lutheran charismatic come in. And this Assembly of God PK finds his way to an altar. Two hours later, I walked down this middle aisle out of our church, and I wondered why my feet weren't touching the ground. Because somebody preached, proclaimed the truth of God's word, a 10-year-old. God wants to move in our camps. God wants to move in our gatherings, our Thrive conferences, our men's advance, and everywhere else. But God wants to move in the local church through you. And together, let's see what God could do if we just make this, continue to make this a matter of prayer. Believe God, ask him specifically. Is this according to God's will? Yes. If we ask anything according to God's will. Never seen 5,000 Holy Spirit baptisms in one year. Why not? 23. Fourth area that I've been praying about for the last two decades. Been praying for 1,000 laborers to be called out of Minnesota to distant shores. 1,000. God is doing what only he can do as we are faithful to do what only we can do. As he calls on us to pray the Lord of the harvest. He is faithful. Exciting to see what God is doing. Our job is simply to pray and to preach his word. It's a picture of a young lady I want to put up on the screen. This is Esther Hansen. In 1921, over 100 years ago, she came here to Alexandria. She was living in Minneapolis. She heard there were some missionaries speaking here in Alexandria. She was 21 years old, 20 years old, in 1921. Missionaries were from China. She said yes. Two months later, she was Minnesota's first missionary. Went to China, served her term. Ten days before she was to come home, contracted smallpox and died. She's buried in north, northern China. But let me tell you this. She wasn't the last to be called in Alexandra. She won't be the last if the Lord tarries. Are we praying? Can we believe God for at least one out of every church in Minnesota for God to call? At least one. 250 churches approximately, maybe 244, maybe 252. Just, this is Monday, right? Yeah, who knows? Uh, anyway, we, one, one for every church. It doesn't matter the, the size. God wants to call out of our churches in the ministries that we lead. The next generations of Esther Hansons, they're waiting. When they hear the Spirit's voice, they're going to respond just like you did to the call of God. They're going to respond. 
But somebody has to preach it. Somebody has to pray for it. Somebody has to prepare the soil. That's us. That's us. Wonderful metric for growth that we see in this area put up on the screen is our goal of 1,000. In 2016, we had 125 AGWM missionaries. Today, we have 175. Significant growth. Now, there are a whole lot of other missionaries outside of AGWM that your church supports, is my guess. If not your church, the next person sitting next to you. There's just a whole lot that our churches are sending. But this is one metric that we can grab a hold of easily because they hand it to us again through the ACMR. We just celebrate what God is doing. There are six right now that are being interviewed within a month of today going backward or forward. Six more. They're coming. It's happening. It's happening right here in Minnesota. And we just say, thank you, Lord, for what you are doing. What is happening? If we will preach, uh, James Bifford at uh, Bethel's Rock, they have uh, multiple campuses. He pulled the four campuses together. He said, I want to preach to the youth this Wednesday night. And his, his uh, youth pastors had a week off. He preached on the call of God. 30 responded. 30 responded. Listen, this, is a, this generation is a fertile soil. They're, they're waiting they're ready. They'll respond if we will preach and we will pray according to God's will and what God has asked us to do. In February, 502 students gathered in Cold Spring for the called conference. These are good days. Last December, I was in Thailand with a group of Minnesota lead pastors. The weather and the food were great. I could go on about that for a little while, but we're talking about fasting, right, and prayer. So let's just stay on track here. I just got to tell you, what God is, who did you work with there? We worked with retired, retired business people. You wouldn't know anything about that over here. Retired military. We worked with people who, they were retired. God called them. Every day I'm praying, God, 1,000. 1,000 children, adults, young adults, retirees. Man, retirees are like young adults, except they've got money. <laughs> Come on. They're, they're mobile. They're ready to go. Challenge. There comes a day when the mobility won't be there. Let's go for it. Let's see what God would do. Amen. One last area of prayer regarding the lost. That is, Minnesota has a goal of planting 125 churches in the next 10 years. I love it when I hear myself respond to that, saying to myself, impossible. Good. Good. We can't do it. Good. Let's make it a matter of prayer. Let's see what God can do through us. Let's see what God can birth in, in individuals' hearts, even as we're gathered together here. And, and Pastor Doug Fogley, our church multiplication guy, just is uh, up on the back rows. No, he's not. Uh, we're praying. 
We're praying together. Can we collectively pray that God would call? Last Sunday, two churches planted in Minnesota. Isanti and Isanti and Chaska. Yes. Next Sunday, another one. I've got to look at my notes because it's new information. Sock Center, you guys are planting in Belgrade. Where do you go, Sock Center? Right here. Mitch, there you are. Come on. Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand. This is, this is what I, we want to just believe God for, ask God for, and our church planters are in our midst, or they're going to get saved, and they will be. We've got 10 years. Let's, let's pray toward this. Let's believe God. If God tarries, we have 10 years. At the same time, God is providing for churches to have stability. We had two churches in the last month or two that were church plants that have purchased their properties. Two of them. Yes, Robbinsdale. We were able to lean in with some of our revitalization funds. And then the church, Edge Alvis Church, North Springs. Both of them. They were worshiping in great facilities. Now they own them. Now they own them. Come on. This is what God wants to do. And out of those churches, planters bear fruit. They're going to plant. They're going to plant. They're going to have grandchildren to plant. Come on. This is what God desires to do. God is big enough to fund a vision to plant 125 churches. He is big enough to do that while he's paying a $10 million bill. And he's big enough to do that while he's calling a thousand missionaries. He is big enough to do what he puts in our hearts to do. Finances do not need to be the hindrance. If we hear from God, if we pray according to his will, God, plant churches across this state in communities. We've got communities where there's tens of thousands of people in the metro that have no gospel message. Let's see what God will birth through us as we move forward. Talking church multiplication. I close with this. As we hosted the team that was here in May, you'll see a slide here that refer references something called MM33. His mandate, our mission, 2033. The World Assemblies of God Fellowship is made up of 160 different general councils worldwide. And this is what God has put in their heart to do. And I'd love Minnesota to just facilitate everything, everything that could possibly fuel we could add to this fire. The goal is one million churches by 2033 to celebrate the 2000th anniversary of Christ's resurrection. We have 384,000 churches today is the last number I heard. One million in 10 years. Church multiplication. 
I drove by a beautiful facility in town here. Oh, Patrick, you guys, which is, come on, let's just keep planting. Let, let's just keep believing God is going to help us to reach Minnesota and to reach the ends of the earth. I love one of our former AGWM directors, the statement he made. He said this, we do not measure our success by the number of our endeavors. We measure our success by the number of churches we plant. And it just so happened that we planted tens of thousands of churches during his time of leadership because somebody prayed, fasted, believed God, and got a whole bunch of people to work toward that end and pray toward that end with them. Minnesota, his mission, our mandate. My most exciting ministry journeys have been when God has dropped something, birthed something in my heart. I can talk forever about that, just like you can talk about what God has birthed in your heart and you chased it. Let's believe that God's going to do that again. Something fresh something new, something to add to the everything he's already put in you in terms of vision and gifts and, and who knows where this takes us. But I know this, it will involve souls if we ask anything according to his will. We come with confidence. Stand with me, would you?